With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. It's Thierry already! He's scored! He's scored for Arsenal! It's a part of us! Back to Arsenal! That's an Arsenal! Yes! Get in there! Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 20. 20, can you believe it? With Alexander Moneypenny, a big glass of wine, and my very good friend... Bradley Adams. And a there he is. big glass of water that's in a wine glass. <laughs> as so to okay. make you feel not alone, my friend. Oh, that's nice. Um, that That's kind. Can we, like, cheers through FaceTime? Is that possible? Let's cheers. Give Let's... it a little... Put a little ding thing there you go cheers what go. a win oh before we get on to uh before we go on to arsenal how are you brad i'm good mate i'm good obviously you know in the world we've had the impending news of another lockdown so oh i don't know if i told you this alex i've torn my quadricep <laughs> you've done what i torn my quad how have you torn your i think how have you torn your quadricep? so last time we played five aside i don't know if you remember but i I kicked the ball and I, I was a bit limpy on the way home and I was like, oh, it hurts a little bit. I need to stretch it out. Okay. So I, I, I was like, oh, do you know what? I've probably just like, I thought I'd just like a little bit of a, a muscle strain. Okay. And then I, I, I obviously went play 11 aside with Little Connor. bit niggle. Little bit of a niggle. Uh, and went play five aside with Connor. Literally the first time I kicked the football, my leg just went. Oh, mate. Like, as in like, I could just feel that, I, I, as in, like, it didn't. I could put weight on it and stuff, but like, it was just painful. And I was like, "Oh, something." Am I being stupid? the qu- The quadricep is is your quad, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, in your leg, as in the front, in my leg. basically your thigh. Yeah, basically my thigh. Okay. and I called a physio right. to be like, "This is what's happened. This is the sensation I felt when it happened." They're like, "Yeah, we're, I'm pretty sure you've torn it." Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> but this is that's why I'm home. I'm home for a physio session tomorrow to kind of have a massage on it and to get a proper look at it. Oh, mate, but, bless um, you, mate. It's, I mean, it's just fucking typical, isn't it? But um, at least you're in goal and you weren't. Yeah. Oh, t- and I still pulled off some cracking saves. Of course you um, did, Brad. Come on. Of course I did. Course Doing it I for did. the diff knockers. Um, Love it. But yeah, do you know what? I'm just having a, I was, I'm having a good time. We're getting ready for, you know, hashtag lockdown two, electric boogaloo. Yes, down to the avenue. And we're just gonna, we're gonna roll with it. And yeah, I think that's. We're gonna that's roll with it. What about you, mate? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yep, similar. I obviously 
lockdown impending. Um, so yes, as the world um, appears to be destroying itself around our ears, Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, it seems to be is not building itself up a bit. It seems to be bouncing. Um, I have to say, you go. Oh no, I I was just going to agree with you. I think you know, after the poor performance at Leicester, the thing is, is I wouldn't even call it a poor performance. I'd probably call it a bit more toothless. Yeah, at Leicester. Oh, it wasn't even at Leicester. It was at the Emirates. It just made this match a must win. It was a th- it, we we couldn't accept a draw. We couldn't accept a loss. It had to be three points. And yeah, credit to the lads. They came through today. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, overall, I mean, what a fucking win. And it's obviously nice to break that. It was it. Is it lucky? Obviously, well, lucky but not lucky. Is it January two thousand fifteen? Yeah. I think it was. I think it's. I think the stat away is, at the Etihad. Away at the Etihad was our last win against the sort of traditional big six, um, away. And yeah, it, it's. It's. <laughs> I was listening to the instant reaction pod of um. Fourteen years since we've won at Old Trafford. Fourteen incredible. years since we've won at Old Trafford as well. The, I was listening to the instant reaction pod of um the Arsenal Vision podcast, and Elliot made a great point. He said, "If you told me that we would break our duck." in that sense, in terms of uh, we, we would get that win with a Mohamed El Neni masterclass and Mike Dean awarding us a penalty. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> you would not have fucking believed it, but we did it. 1-0 uh, at Old Trafford. Um, I thought we were, in in large parts of that game, I was massively encouraged. And um, yeah, before we kind of jump into the specifics and stuff, I'm, I'm just feeling really good. Yeah. I've, I've pulled the wine out, Brad. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling. I'm feeling rejuvenated. And as you said, we needed that win. This picks us up. This massively picks us up and sets us off on the right track. You know, no matter the the nature of it. You know, whether it was a penalty or you know that Aubameyang shot that takes a slight deflection, and if you know Lacazette plays it to him at any pace, you know that that a stat. He's he like it's so difficult to get that shot on target with the poor ball from Lacazette. If Lacazette doesn't just swing his foot at the ball and miss, if Willian's shot is a few inches lower and doesn't clip the bar, you know, it could have been three. In fairness, or I think four. I think Lindelof got a touch to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally could have been three or four. So while we we're still ha- kind of having teething problems, I think uh, you know a lot of people are making comparisons to Emery and everything with obviously the records and the stats being brought up. But I think that there's there's a lot of kind of false positives in those in the sense that we've played three of the five other traditional top six away from home and we're six games into the season. We've beaten one of them, unfortunately lost to two of them, but City we should have drawn with because, you know, we should have had a penalty. And we played all right, we weren't poor, but this is just massively encouraging signs. Our issue at the moment is now kind of taking it to smaller teams and, you know, putting your Leicester, who was such a weakened side at the time, to the sword. And I think that I tweeted this out earlier, like we've added Gabriel, we've added Party, we've added Willian. And I think that's it, other than maybe like Runison, but those are like the three main signings. And we've transformed into a club that was conceding 20 shots a game against Watford and 30 shots against Southampton or whatever fucking crazy stat it was to a club that has outplayed Man United on the night. And I I saw, um, I was watching the kickoff at the same time 
uh, because it had uh, two of my favourite people on it. It had Hugh Wizzy, but it also had Adam McCola from Full Time Devils. You like Hugh Wizzy? Oh, who'd have known? But it's got Adam McCola on from Full Time Devils. Who? Right. I mean, I think I prefer Mark Goldbridge because I, I think Mark Goldbridge is fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's he's weird, man. <laughs> no, but it's just to laugh at him. He's you know a what I mean? strange guy. <laughs> it's just to laugh at him, but also to laugh. It's just I think it's a it's partly a persona. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like Anna McCola, and um, yeah, I don't think you know, Mark Goldbridge is was, his real name. No, it's Brian De Cesar because he used to be a police officer. Brian De Cesar. Yeah, I'm not that, even shitting you. And he's changed it to Mark Goldbridge. It's because um, he he spoke about it, funnily enough, on the kickoff. Oh, really? Uh, like a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago, where he basically said when he started YouTube, the job that he was in at the time, and I don't know if it was still when he was a, a, detective, a detective, wouldn't have allowed him to use his real name. So he picked a generic. Brian de Cesar sounds like a, an Udinese right back. I know, right? I know. Um, but they brought up this kind of whole idea about how much our frontline cost. And, you know, Adam McCola started throwing around the fact that it cost 200 million and i'm like well you're about 30 million off with alba costing 56 lacquer costing between 45 and 48 and pepe you know i mean if we're counting the whole deal costing 72 it comes in at around what 175 million pounds you're the maths man i don't know i'm and lost then, i just hear numbers yes yeah, so it's, it's around <laughs> that it's, it's kind of around that and then if you look at obviously their front line they've got two homegrowns in there in Rashford, in Rashford and Greenwood who obviously cost them nothing but if you look at the whole squad you know and you count the players they've actually bought Martial was 56 or 58 uh Van der Beek is 50 Fred is 50 Bruno is 60 Pogba is 80 Pogba is 100 or 80 or whatever it was Maguire is 80 Lindelof is 30 Wambasaka is 50, Luke Shaw is 30, uh, Nemanja Matic is 35. You know, we've beaten a squad that has had so much money pumped into it. And whether you want to have the argument that they've not bought the right players or not, or not put the money in the right areas or not, that squad, value-wise, and also ability-wise, they've got world-class players in there. Pogba walks into any midfield in the league. In the, in, I would hes- also hesitate to say in the world. I think he's unbelievable. Bruno is, again, top class. I It is down to manager for me, and we can come on to the Oli debate. But I think a massively, massively kind of thing that we neglect as Arsenal fans is how little we've put in since Emery and how much we've got. We've, we've bought Party for £45 million. The whole of the Magalhaes deal cost 22, 23 million. And William was on a free. So you're talking about we've spent 68 million quid. And those three, well, two to three players have transformed us from a squad that was getting dominated. And obviously the appointment of Arteta from a squad that was getting dominated by Watford and Southampton to a squad that is dominating Manchester United. They had some chances, but they we we comfortably outplayed them tonight. And the best defense in the league, supposedly having, as you said, played uh, away uh, United and 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 City and Leicester, and something that was I was watching the kind of Sky post post game analysis, and yeah, Roy Keane was absolutely fuming. 
I, I don't think I've ever seen him say anything positive about anything. Like, I don't... Uh, genuinely... Manchester it, United could win 9-0 it, and he would get pissed off. Genuinely, it pains him. It, even it, even someone will score, like, a 30-yard screamer and they'll go, well, what do you think of that? And he goes, well, yeah, you know, it's nice, but... Yeah. And then he just launches into this monologue about how... He could have been another five yards out. That's Northern Irish, but I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> it was good Northern Irish. Okay. Um... So, uh, so yeah, but he, he kind of, but basically there's a, a real encouragement for me in terms of, and Arteta said it in his, in his post-match as well about we're playing these guys and we're matching them. He said, we shouldn't have lost. He didn't say we should have won, but he said, we shouldn't have lost at City. He said, we shouldn't have lost at Leicester, um, at Leicester, you know what I mean? Against Leicester. And we 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 outplayed them again today. And you know, I think there's a lot of debates to be had around the creativity side of things. I think there's lots of things to be said around places to improve. And I, and I don't want any of this probably what would be quite positive analysis of the game to come off as ignoring that. But equally, I think it is really important to acknowledge how far we've come. And as you say, without a crazy amount of investment. And I think what's kind of encouraging from today. We've invested less than they spent in January last season. Yeah, yeah, and and you know part of that Mental. is part of that is down to the fact that we we can't, but also you know we can go there and we can we can control and we can, and we can dominate a game. So yeah, it was it was it was massively massively encouraging. So the lineup then caused a bit of a stir. <laughs> um, El Neni, I think, was a was an interesting shout over potentially Jack or Sabios. There was a um, potentially a El Neni can't be dropped now. We'll come on to that. Um, we had uh, holding... The El Nenesons continues. We, we had a question. He is the first name on the team sheet. He should be the manager. The uh, the We had a question saying, I want I demand a 30-minute segment on El Nene. Um We will come on to him. I think he's fantastic. Um, El Nene, uh, holding, coming back sort of a lot sooner than, than necessarily expected. I was absolutely dreading Mustafi up against Rashford, so I'm so glad that happened. Mate, unreal. Um, unreal. Holding put in such yeah. a solid performance and... tonight. I tweeted it. I tweeted out and I, I, I made a, a Twitter apology for ever saying that we should have loaned out or sold Rob Holding this summer. I, I He's been such a solid, dependable centre-back under our yeah. especially at the start of this season. And I read a statistic that uh, Gabriel and Holding have started four matches together and they've conceded one goal. Amazing. They do look like, like a solid what partnership. A partnership. What a they partnership. do look solid at the moment. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to see that in a two moving forward. So from the lineup, then, was there anything that you uh, were you greatly surprised? I, 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 for me personally, I felt the Xhaka. I, firstly, I, I, I feel as though we're moving out of the Xhaka era. For me personally, just because yeah. Party does everything he can do, and mm-hmm. I think when Tierney's playing, you don't require someone to drop into that LCB slot. When Party's playing, he fulfills all of those roles. So I think when Tierney and, and Party aren't playing, I can understand the need for a Xhaka, but but when and I still think he has a lot to offer and I think he probably will be used a lot, but I in certain games because I think tactically he he's he's really adept and he knows what he's doing. But for me I wasn't kind of as outraged by the El Nani shout um initial kind of um when it first came out and then and then also with the Willian thing I fully understood that and and, and I think people were really upset about that and mm. potentially not playing Pepe but I for me personally Willian offers you so much more in defense um he offers a lot more yeah. of a kind of um 
a, a different option up front. And Pepe kind of, especially when you're, you know, what maybe we we, we didn't know how the game was going to pan out, whether we'd have that space in behind. And yeah. obviously, um, we 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 pressed them really high and and you know we did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was it that the game kind of played out that way but you don't know you know potentially had we had that i just think we knew we weren't going to get that space in behind which pepe can exploit necessarily so yeah i i did see the logic in in, in both of those decisions and and that but... and doubling up on luke shaw in the sense of like having william because i could have seen if it was still nil nil after 70 minutes putting pepe on yeah Exactly, and because I think run. that that's the smarter play. You you use Willian in the first seventy minutes to put in that defensive work rate, and to tire out Luke Shaw on that right flank. And then the in game the last opens twenty up. minutes. If you're yeah. looking good for it, you put Pepe on to to play through. For me, um, I think a party on any midfield is the way forward with a creative player in there. Uh, I think, you know. Not, I did not think I'd be saying this, but I now think that honestly, my preferred midfield would be Party, El Nenny, and Sabios in kind of like a driving eight ten role. Because I, I agree with you, I think that Party does everything that Xhaka does, but also offers you more, more mobility, more bite, more strength, and then El Nenny is the workhorse needed beside him to allow a kind of 8-10 further forward to kind of dart those runs to exploit space. The one player for me that um, I found a surprise that was on the pitch was Lacazette. Um, I tweeted out before the game that uh, Arteta needs to stop being a neek and playing Lacquer on the wing whilst uh, putting Alba on the wing while having Lacquer through the middle because I, I just think Lacazette is finished. I really do. I think the time has come to cut our losses. I, I am so surprised we haven't sold him already because he's coming in January. He'll have a year and a half left on his contract and I can see him leaving in January. I think it is time to move on from that. He is not big enough, tall enough or strong enough to be a hold up man to bring Aubameyang into play. And he is not athletic enough to be running in behind. All he is good at is kind of getting shots off in tight spaces, but he's not in those spaces because of what we need a player to do. So we, I think we need to make a choice. We either start Enketia over him uh, because he's more athletic and we're not, if we're playing Lacazette, we're not looking for Lacazette to score. We're looking for him to bring Aubameyang in. And I just think Enketia will probably be able to do that more. He's more athletic. He'll chase down more. He's quicker. And if it opens up more space for Aubameyang, brilliant. And if he's there to poach a goal, brilliant. But I wouldn't see now why you're giving minutes to Lacazette over Enketia because I, there's no difference in quality. If anything, Enketia is currently a better player. I wouldn't disagree with you there. I think when Martinelli comes back, it'll be interesting to see. Oh my what god! Yeah. Oh Arteta's my god! Plans. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what plans. Arteta has with Martinelli and, and how he slots him into that front three potentially I don't know whether he plays him as a centre forward or whether he plays him on the left and Alba's in the middle whatever but I think that might have some big um, implications on Lacazette's game time there was a lot of shouting at Lacazette and there was a lot of shouting generally actually today from Arteta but a lot of Laga 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 I I don't think that means anything particularly but he's obviously asking him to do a very specific job and if you're mm. constantly having to tell someone on the pitch what they need to be doing, I'm not saying that that's a 
necessarily a bad thing because you know Lacazette's obviously getting used to playing what th- this role that Arteta wants him to do, but it clearly doesn't come massively naturally to him. He is, as you say, someone... I mean, he has. Uh, he's been in. He's been in charge for what eleven months now. Yeah, but I, 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 what I'm saying is, is like, like I don't think I think Lacazette is a slightly square peg in a round hole in the in the, in the role that he's playing. Yeah, and I think Enketi uh, is just not developed enough to have that all-round game and physically that, that Lacazette offers you just with the, the with slightly more strength, basically, is I think is the only thing that Lacazette has over him. But yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you there. I think the Elneny thing is fa- fascinating, man. He's, you know, for a guy who looked like he had one foot out of the club um, last summer, uh, I think there was certainly rumours of him either either making his move to Besiktas permanent or, or going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is fantastic at very specific things he's always available there's a mo there's a moment where well he's always available for the past that's the first thing the second thing is if you watch united switch the ball tierney heads out to i think it was greenwood mm-hmm. el nenny slots in at lcb we come out we play we play we play united switch the ball bellerin comes out to rashford or whatever it is el nenny slots into that right rcb role he is such a utility man, and yeah. he's such a someone who can basically he 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 can be available for the pass, get the ball to party, and party can move forward or move it to William or whatever it is. One hundred percent. He is someone who can just just keep the ball going, and someone who if and it's I think people underestimate the the power and the value in having a player who is just constantly available, always wants the ball, is reliable, will always. Um, I'm just going to get his 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 stats up here, but. You know, his constantly pressing constantly. constantly. There was a moment was, in the 91st yeah. minute where he presses Luke Shaw, I think. And then Luke passes to Lindelof and Lindelof, he then presses Lindelof and it wins us a throw in in the like 91st, 92nd minute. That's elite mentality stuff when you're one nil up. That is what you need, because there was a moment in the second half when I did get worried because we did drop off a little because of fitness, the pressing wasn't at the level that it had been. And there were a few opportunities for United. If they were a bit more clinical, they could have got back into the game. And we, and he just never stopped, never stopped for the whole 90 minutes. And has just, I know we, we, we make a joke out of it by calling like an, like an El Nenaissance, but there has been like a, a rejuvenation of this man as a player. He looks better in an Arsenal shirt than I've ever seen him perform. And I think a lot of that's down to system. And I think a lot of it's down to Arteta. And Arteta, maybe he's not doing it with every player, but he's at least doing it with some where he's playing them in a way that it gets the most out of them. Elneny had our most amount of passes. He was he was top for passes and he was second for, for interceptions. And he... Unreal. He's he's everywhere. And I think if you if you... When you're watching the game, you're watching the ball. He's he's a bit kind of under the radar a little bit. He doesn't do anything flash, but what he what he does do is just keep the ball and keep it moving. He's available. He's he's mm-hmm. he's quick with his movements. He's actually not as horizontal as people say he is. And actually, I don't mind if he's a bit horizontal because he always keeps the ball. He is just a very useful player. He's never going to change the world. He's yeah. never going to be considered, you know, one of the most talented footballers. Of course, he's not. But I think as a part, as a as a partner for party, I I think as you as you as you alluded to earlier, that partnership could be a fantastic thing because 
that El Neni is 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 complementing Party in that role. It allows him. It allows Party to 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 be a bit more renegade, be a bit more rogue, yeah. dribble out a bit more, be kind of everywhere because he knows El Neni will slot in for him. And yeah, it's 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 a it's a really interesting thing to to have a look at and 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 dissect and. Yeah, you know, second uh, or one of the highest passing accuracies as well. You know, he, all the numbers are showing him out to be a, a great player. And it's, I, I, yeah, as you said, we're, there's a bit of a like, a, oh, El Nani, lol. Actually, no, he's a fantastic player for what he does. Yeah, he's almost like the Wijnaldum of our midfield. Yeah, yeah, that's not I don't not think they comparison. play the same, but it's all, it's it's almost like they, he's not a player you can judge by goals and assists or even a lot of the stats. He is just brilliant at what he does. And like you say, and like I think we've we've said before in different types of conversations about different things, you need to create a team that complements itself. One of the issues that, especially in the latter years, we haven't been getting the best out of certain players like Meza Ozil and other forward-thinking players is we've not created systems and had players in those systems that complement the kind of deficiencies that certain players have and it seems that party and el Neni as a partnership like you say really works they dovetail well and then maybe when we move into a 4-3-3 if we're going to move into a 4-3-3 finding somebody in that kind of 8-10 role to complement the two of them i think is going to be fantastic for us and then we'll really start to grow you know, I, I, I tweeted out earlier. Imagine what it would have been like if we'd have sold the Deadwood. If Socrates had left, if Mustafi had left, if, you know, we bought out Ozil's contract and we'd freed up some of those spaces and we'd brought in another midfielder. Imagine what it's going to be like in January if we get somebody out or imagine what it's going to be like after next summer. I think we have to remember this is a rebuild process that we're literally just at the start of. We just need to... This This season is a hit and hope. If we get Champions League football this season, fucking brilliant. But this is the start of the rebuild and it's already seeming to go well. Other than the Leicester result. Yeah. And, you know, I think as I kind of prefaced with the with the conversation at the beginning, we don't want to be too reactionary. You know, obviously it's one win. It was a one nil. Like We didn't change the world. Um, I think we'll kind of, when we get into the, the game properly in a moment, we'll, we'll kind of analyse a bit more. But... but United weren't great, but I think it's it's great to see the signs of progress and to see players like El Nene. The, the the kind of the, the conversation that that you just we, we were just you were just having about players that we would have thought were kind of deadwood that would have been El Nene in the summer. Realistically, we would have put him on a list. One hundred. So it's it's what's great is he's making the most of what he has at the moment, and and that can only be can only be good for the future. And I think El Nene is, is such an Arteta player. I think I think I think El Nene kind of. He's just so available and reliable and dependable. He's a kind of a Tierney uh, character, but Tierney's a bit obviously, less, I think, slightly more talented. But he's just reliable and dependable, and you know you're going to get a seven-eight performance out of him every single week. So I, I, I you know, I, I all power to him, man. I think he's incredible. Yeah, a hundred percent. So on the game specifically, then, um. We started off pretty well, I thought. Um, we sort of slowly pressed up. Um, we were really aggressive. There was a few moments of, of Gabriel stepping out of the fence 
Um, and I'm taking the ball off. I specifically remember Greenwood. I specifically remember um, Pogba. He matched him um, athletically, which is incredible, um, as did party. The Matic tackle. Yeah. I, I thought we, in that first sort of sort of bit of the game, sort of, I'd say, let's say 15 minutes onwards to sort of the end of the first half, I thought we were, we were dominant. And I... There was a slight uh, feeling, though, and I, I can't remember if I messaged you saying, I'm worried because these are the types of games sometimes where we are really dominant. We're really, um, we're on top. There wasn't any of the it's, kind of... It was Leicester all over again. But we're almost without the inevitable feeling of Vardy, do you know what I mean? Like without the sh- the cutaways to Vardy, do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. But I did, I did feel we were really on top, and that was really encouraging. And I, and I also thought I wonder whether, in the kind of the narrative of Arsenal season, if we get a loss here, having played like this in the first half, will that go out the window? Because I thought we were fantastic in the first half. I thought, um, I thought actually Lacazette isn't talented, but he did okay for himself. I thought um, Party was, I mean, Party the whole game was, he's world class. He's absolutely world class. As is Gabriel, man. I think two- he, get, he um, party gets into any midfield in the Premier League, definitely. And yeah, Gabriel, I think, especially with Van Dyke out, you know, I, I saw that we got a tweet as a as a joke from one of our followers at, um, when we tweeted out for questions, and he said, "If Gabriel's not the second best centre back in the league, who is?" I don't think it and was I a don't joke. Think he's far off. He's top five. <laughs> he's top five easily. Yeah. Like you're thinking, if you, Van Dyke. Laporte him very possibly mate like that 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 kind of that first half the the domination that party and unreal and gabriel had they were winning every 50 50 they were getting to that second ball party was getting as out of tight spaces he was he was intercepting he was laying it off he was um dropping deep he was pushing up you know he can do anything this is and that's and that's the great thing about party is, is you just stick him in there and he just plays and you don't need to worry too much about him, you know, or where is he or whatever. He's got this incredible football sense of just knowing where the danger is, snuffing it out, but also being able to take it out and dribble, being able to lay it off, being able to... He had a lovely pass with the um, outside of his right foot to Willian, which could have which could have um, set us off on a counter. I think I thought him and, him and Gabriel in that first half, and they extended it into the second half, but especially they were so dominant. And having those two guys, especially with their physical presence, really just allowed us to, to assert that dominance. If you, if you, for example, stick in, let's say, let's say a, a Callum Chambers and a Ceballos into those positions, no disrespect to those guys, they just don't have the same kind of technical and physical level. And that would allow United to press us, and that would allow United to, you know, and we and and said we took the game to them. We were we were compact, we were solid, we were moving forward, yeah, and we were taking taking them. You know, we, I, th- I can't remember how many how many um, uh, tackles we had, like quite high up the pitch, either from Party or from or from Gabriel, and, and equally a few a few other players as well. And there's a, there's an argument there as well in the kind of lack of creativity because there was certainly two or three opportunities that came from just us pressing. Yeah. And I wonder whether there's a kind of Liverpool-esque high press that we can, because we don't have that creative player um, that we can do in this game, which was, which was really nice. But yeah, I thought that first half was, was excellent. It was just a concern that potentially we weren't going to make that, that tick. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of preface this kind of analysis with, uh, look, I understand United didn't play well, but I don't think they played poorly. 
And I think that this is a United team who've just beat PSG. And they've just beat somebody who I believe were leading the Bundesliga, or at least aren't far off that, 5-0. Leipzig. Yeah, like, this This is not a bad team. Like, even though I slag off Oli, because I mm. do think he's a shite manager who relies on the talent of his players, it's a good squad mm. who at any point could turn turn it on, turn up, and annihilate teams. We've seen it. And I think it's important that we do say that because the reason that we're so gassed after this result is because every single person I know had this down as a United win. Every single one were like, United are going to win. They've just beaten Leipzig 5-0. Of course they're going to beat Arsenal. Like, yes, I I think that there's a real, especially in the first half, there was a reason that we were so dominant because I don't think and I think it was the one main difference between kind of the quality of the teams. And I, we've we've kind of spoken a little bit about it, or you have. And it was the press. Our press was higher. Our press was way more energetic. It seemed like we wanted it more. Every single player on the pitch pressed harder than any Man United player. And it definitely won us the first half easily. We could have gone into halftime 2-0 up and it would have been fair. And yeah, I mean, it dropped off maybe a bit in the second half. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, that that Rashford through ball to Greenwood was unreal. But, like, it's... I, do, I do, obviously don't want to get carried away. And I don't want to be reactionary and say we're going to win the league. And all that kind of shit. Because we've been beating United away from home 1-0. But... But we're going to win the league. We played better than a team who we outplayed them we outplayed them there it would have been and i said this to you before we started if we'd have drawn that game or lost that game it'd have been three or two points dropped Hmm. because we were in control man united barely had a look in they had a few kind of snatch chances here and there but we dominated and whether we dominated possession or whatever it was clear that we were the better team we pressed better we had more clear-cut chances. We were unlucky not to have more than one on the score sheet. And I, I, I know we harp on about it, but again, I just think it's credit to where we're going right now. And I I, I was just... I know we're meant to be analysing the game, but I'm just a bit gassed. I'm not going to lie to you, Alex. Um, But one thing also I'd like to add is I think Bellerin as well needs a massive shout-out for the renaissance of form that he's had as well. Bellerin was a player that, you know, people were saying, if we get £25 million for him in the summer and we can fund other moves elsewhere, let's take it. I think he's performing comfortably one of the three top right backs in the league right now. And what a bad decision it would have been to sell him. Uh, And, you know, his game tonight, you know, won us the penalty. Yeah, just putting a we had a question game. in from uh, Finn, who is at Finnanen. No, 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 no. Uh, and he said, uh, thoughts on Bayern's performance. Yeah, I thought I thought he was excellent. Um, I, I do think I tweeted this out once saying that Bayern controls a ball like me, and that is not a compliment. Apart from that, there is a real maturity to Bellerin's game at the moment. Uh, there feels like sl- slightly less of the kind of... Um, 
headless chicken straight line thing um and a bit more thought uh, a bit more control and assurance to his game um i thought he was i thought he was excellent again he's he he makes himself available he gets beyond he can he can deliver a really nice ball um and he he just makes himself available he hugs that touchline he provides us with the width and i think he's he's just a really solid 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 player at the moment and and i think he has I don't know if that was a crazy, crazy performance. I didn't go, oh my god, Baron, incredible. I was saying, I was moaning about. No, part- it's like a seven. I was moaning about party most of the game, but I think Baron's, yeah, as you yeah. say, that the, the performance has has massively, performance levels have massively increased recently, and hopefully that's just more to come. Just just confidence and and ability, and yeah, mm. I'm I'm, I I think again, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in the summer, if 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 we'd been offered thirty five, forty million, I think I would have taken it. Yeah, but things work out differently and 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 now would 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 i take 40 million for him probably not so uh yeah so united uh came out the second half looked a little bit more dominant at the beginning of the second half um i felt as though we slightly backed off yeah uh, and then kind of regained our control i think again started to squeeze them up a little bit um which was could have backfired because there was a uh, there's always a chance with a you know a, a Fernandez through ball or we saw with Rashford's ball to Green uh, Greenwood that they, they they have got legs, but I think now we can afford to play that game a mm-hmm. bit more. Tierney is I, th- I I thought potentially we might be playing Maitland Niles, but um, we we obviously played who we played. But the I thought you know Baron Tierney and Gabriel certainly have now got the legs to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, you know, we can sort of, and again, not to keep comparing us to Liverpool, but that sort of high line, when you have a, um, I'm going to compare him a Gabriel who is like a Van Dijk, who is so dominant, so quick, so well, um, well football educated. You can play a bit of a higher press, and you can afford to 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 push up another five yards even though you know you do have Rashford and, Green- and Greenwood and-, and look at the benefits that gave us. We can push up, we can really get at them and we can really we can really don- dominate them. And I thought we found that dominance again. Um, nice through ball from Willian, uh, stupid challenge from Pogba and and we're 1-0 up. Yeah, I think it's, it is a penalty. I think it's it's unlucky, isn't it, from Pogba? It's just not a good challenge. It's it's a it's a very clumsy it's it's a very clumsy no, challenge, it's, and it's it's kind of one of those where I think yeah. Pogba himself. Knew, but the, I think that he shouldn't be there. But Pogba himself knew, man. Like he he like, he, you could see it on his face. He didn't really protest. Oh, yeah, it's one of those where like it's annoying because it's not like a crunching challenge or really awful, but it's a silly foul. Um, and I thought, and it's not even one that like at the end of the day you would concede a pe- penalty rather than. Like Abamyang having a clear cut chance one on one with the keeper. Yeah, definitely. Like, just on like as in like, it's not a penalty that you've conceded and gone. Okay, well it was pretty much guaranteed to be a goal anyway. At least we've given our keeper a chance to kind of set himself and try yeah. and save it. It, but I think again we're an Arsenal podcast, so I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Man United. But I think that's where Man United's deficiencies lie. They've just gone out and spent fifty million pound on Donny Van der Beek. Uh, who's a great player, very technical, love him. I would have loved him at Arsenal, um, but we were never in for him. And I don't think he would be the kind of 8-10 we're looking for. I, I don't know. Maybe he would have. Who knows? I've not really seen enough of him. 
But I think that that's where their deficiencies lie. If you have a defensive midfielder in there, if you have a Thomas Party, if you have somebody there who's there to close off that space to make those challenges, Pogba doesn't need to be there. And then it's not Pogba making that challenge. Mm. It's somebody who's used to making those kind of challenges. Mm. And while I think, you know, that penalty could have gone either way, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, we won a game, yes, 1-0, but via a penalty, the Aubameyang chance, if it doesn't take that slight deflection from Lindelof, could go in, Willian nicks off the bar, Lacazette, like, flaps his foot. We did have opportunities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I think the penalty also came at a time when the game was slightly coming into a bit of a balance. I think we we had taken back control. Um, I hate that phrase because it reminds me of Nigel Farage. Uh, we had taken back control. What a wanker! Oh, what a wanker! We had taken back control of our. Football, that's what we'd done. Uh, but we had kind of, I don't know, it, it, it felt as though there was like a, it felt like there was a goal coming, essentially. It, there was there was something, it was a bit more end-to-end. They started to find a bit more space in our midfield um, and, and, and kind of bypass the press a little bit. I think they tried to move um, move the overloads on shore around. Um, they, yeah, it, it felt a little bit different. And I think, yeah, as you say, I think there's a, Maybe a defender or a defensive midfielder, which Pogba isn't, uh, doesn't make that challenge. But anyway, we got lucky and we dispatched that. And I think from there, we started to sit back. I was interested that we didn't bring on a Pepe or bring on someone who might be able to stretch it or or look at that space in behind or or, or mm-hmm. kind of more counter-attacky kind of players. Um, we obviously were, were keen to sit in. I think we brought on... Did we bring on Mustafi? We certainly brought on... Brought Maitland Niles and then brought Mustafi for the last Maitland two, Niles. three minutes, maybe four minutes. Both quite defensive, inviting pressure decisions. So I thought maybe that we would bring on a Pepe. It worked out. I wonder another day whether if they get a goal, we go. Well, why? Why have we brought on? Why have we invited pressure on? But you know, it's a. But it's it's, it's, it's classic. It's classic hindsight in that yeah. moment when it's the eighty eighth minute, eighty ninth minute. You're one nil up. You're more likely. I mean. The one reason that we're saying that is because we're bringing on Mustafi, who's fucking calamitous. But you're more likely to concede a goal in the 88th, 89th by overstretching yourself, trying to get that second and getting caught on a break with players like Rashford and Greenwood than you are freshening those defensive legs and sitting in for those last two to three minutes. For sure. Um, And also, you know, we had Nketiah on and, you know, he, he maybe he's that kind of... I don't think he's necessarily a counter-attacking player, but he's full of full of energy and full of full of kind of fizz. So uh, yeah, listen, you know, as you say, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I just wonder on another day whether we might have rued that, but we got away with it. We defended really, really well. I think the one thing um, that I will say is overall we just look so much more defensively structured. We look so much more in control of the spaces, in control of... The passing out from the back doesn't give me such a heart attack anymore. We, It's easy to say when it's not gone wrong, but it appeared in that game that we, we're taking on the, the, the advice of 
uh, of Mikel in terms of how to pass out from the back and when to just kick it long. There's a couple of great moments where Bayerin just absolutely booted it and I, I was shouting, get rid of it, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit Sunday league, but it just got the job done. Same with Leno, actually. Same with same with Leno. Yeah. Do you know what? I have to give shout... I think, yeah, I have to give a shout out to Leno because while I don't think he's brilliant in a, in a few aspects in the last few performances, today there were a few times he came and claimed crosses and I was like, okay, good. That makes yep. me feel comfortable. And also he seems to be getting a little bit better with his feet. I still don't think maybe he's the guy we'll end up needing going forward, but he put in a solid performance with us today. And Definitely. Oh, to be fair, I think all of them deserve a shout out. Except for Mustafi and Lampard, they can both fuck off. Yeah, they can fuck off. Um, so last bit on the game then. Uh, no Nelson or Willock on the bench. And especially after a Thursday, uh, how they how they played on Thursday, I was surprised. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Um, Willock I don't really have an issue with. If you've got, you know, you've got Xhaka and Ceballos on the bench. I don't think Willock gets in over either of those players. Um, Nelson's the, the tricky one for me. Uh, personally, I think Nelson offers the same as William does in a lot of aspects, especially going forward. Maybe defensively, mm. he's not as robust as William, or obviously doesn't have the experience that William does. Which kind of it kind of worries me that we've committed so much to William for so long when we have a player like Nelson who could easily, with kind of the minutes that William is eating up, develop into the same player that William is, and. Obviously, I think you know it was a it was a decision to stay and fight for his place, which I think is great. But one thing that does worry me is I can envision a future next summer where if he hasn't had a lot of minutes, he leaves for say a twenty million pound fee and goes on and smashes it at another club. And I think twenty million pounds, Bradley. We support Arsenal. Come on. I don't know though whose family's left. We seem to like this summer especially. I don't. I, well. Obviously, I don't know how long his contract's got left, but you're looking at the fact that we've just sold Emmy Martinez, who, you know, 16 million to 20 million quid. I think we could probably get the same from Nelson if he puts in some good performances this season and just doesn't get the minutes. I would hope so anyway, at least kind of like that 15, 20 mark. Mm. Because if Jordan Ibe is worth 20 million, you're talking 25, 30 for Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson is clear of Jordan Ibe. So if Jordan Ives worth that, so am I, mate. Mate, fucking hell. So I am a little bit worried about that situation. I do think we should start giving him minutes. And I think that William, maybe, especially in games where we're against opposition, we should be beating, should maybe be playing the 10 role. and We play Pepe or Nelson on the right or on the left. Yeah. But Arteta knows what he's doing. And if other play, I think this is a difficult game to kind of judge that on because... I can understand why you'd leave Nelson out for this game because it's United away from mm. home. Maybe we'll have to see about kind of going forward in our next couple of fixtures about whether he's included in the match day squads. And maybe then we can start to have a conversation about whether to be worried or whether it's kind of surprising or not. But yeah, I am a little worried he could end up leaving and I think he's a great talent. So it'd be such a shame. Listen, overall, we fucking beat United at Old Trafford. So I'm buzzing. 14 years. 14 years. Oh. We can, you know, we can analyze the match and go... 2006. This, this. Are we really creating enough? 
Is this really, you know, the, ter- the No, the, but the it does like corner. if we grind out a one nil at Old Trafford. But I don't give a fucking Ugh. shit. I don't give a shit. We won. Um, which papers over the cracks and is bad analysis, but and that's look, fine. If we drawn uh, one all, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be p- pissed off and I'd be moaning like we should have created more chances. But yeah. <laughs> you can only ever give commentary off of the the match result and the situation you've just seen. So I understand, obviously, that we can label us reactionary but that is the nature of this job is to be reactionary yeah we are literally reacting to football in fairness um okay let's do some questions bradders let's do it uh, we've had a question uh we've had lots of questions actually this week brad thank you very much i think the Listeners. the man united high has uh it's brought the arsenal fans out in force they've come out to play um yeah, as I said earlier, we've had a we've had a question. I, th- I demand a full thirty minute segment on El Nani for the pod. I feel like we should do some kind of like, maybe we should name rename this like the different the different El Nani pod or something like just like a, you know just to yeah. pay tribute. Maybe we should do like a tribute episode, like a special twenty minute tribute as like a just a little add on. Yeah, maybe we can do it for patrons on yes. Patreon. On patreon.com forward slash diffknock. Uh, okay, so... So, yeah, if you sign up to that, send us a message and we'll make you... We'll make that. you a personalised <laughs> Mohamed Elneny scarf, hat, gloves. We're heading into the winter months, Phone folks. case. Phone case. Hey, listen, who knows? Ali Bell, Ali, who is at Ali Craig Bell, has said, Did you notice Maitland-Niles looked a bit sluggish when he came on tonight? It... Who is drilling? It's... Nearly 11 p.m. People. People. <laughs> Hang on. Who's drilling at 11 p.m.? Dickheads. That's who. Go to bed. Okay, I think it's done. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was uh, Ali Craig Bell. says, did you notice Maitland-Niles looked a bit sluggish when he came on tonight? Is that son of a player who has hardly played? Or a player who is starting to lose motivation. Um, there was one moment just before you answer. There was one moment where Saka, uh, no, not Saka, and Ketia was running it towards the corner, like ninety third minute, and Maitland Niles ran up to kind of try and be of assistance, lost the ball, and then he, yeah, he did just sort of amble back, and I think you know one of Maitland Niles's great strengths when he's kind of up for it is that he is very athletic and he's very you know you remember that Mane moment where he just absolutely bodies him and gets it out I'm I'm not concerned about Maitland-Niles but I, I do think there's a big question to be asked about him yeah I think yeah I don't know I can't really answer that because we don't know we don't know whether it's because he's lacking motivation you know he's not featured in a little while so it could be a lack of match fitness, but it also could be, we don't know what's been going on behind the scenes. You know, he might have been a bit unwell. We don't know. Obviously, the club haven't said anything. He's been av- available for selection. So I don't think he's ha- he's had anything that will have like kept him out. Otherwise, they'd have tweeted out about it because, you know, Arsenal Twitter loves a tweet. Maybe he's had a bad week. Uh, but I think, you know, he came on very late. He came on very late and players often need time to grow into the game. We didn't dominate from minute one. We had to spend five minutes getting into the groove and getting kind of going through the gears. And I think that, you know, it is difficult to get there straight away. It takes a 
really elite mentality to get there straight away at the kind of like you're bringing brought on at the 88th minute. So um, I think give him the benefit of the doubt for this game. But if we see it a lot more going forward, then you know it's less to do with kind of getting through the gears and maybe more to do with mentality. Yeah. And maybe he's kind of a bit annoyed that he's not getting minutes. I agree. It's something It's something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's necessarily a worry yet, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. And it's interesting with Maitland-Niles. He had the sort of, he had that interview where he said he didn't want to play right back or whatever. And then it appeared like there was a bit of a tussle between him and Arteta. And now everything we hear is, oh, Arteta, I love you. So it does feel a bit weird to me that he's now not really playing. I don't know whether that's an application thing in training. Again, basically echoing your comments, no one knows. Um, But it is something to keep an eye on in my mind because it felt like Maitland-Niles was on a bit of an upwards trajectory and he didn't play play the City game, the Leicester game or the Dundalk game, did he? Or maybe it was the Rapid Vienna game. I can't remember. Anyway, there was no, there was maybe there was th- leads me to believe that there might be something. Yeah, there was three. Basically, there was three games in a week that he just didn't play. He didn't even feature in any. He might have been on the bench, but so I wonder whether there's something there. I I think we'd have to wait and see on that one. Um, I'm sure there'll be like a Ornstein reveal at some point or something that he's been battling. I don't know. Maybe he stays up too late watching. Maybe he stays up listening to our podcast, Brad. Um, but. He... Maybe he's a patron, and maybe you should follow his <laughs> his. The plug game to this evening is strong. I love it. I love it. I try and not do that. It's strong. <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, you know. Yeah. Basically, I think there's a there's a question to be had about Maitland Niles, but we don't have enough information yet. Yeah. I agree. He looked sluggish when he came on, but I don't know if we have enough information yet. So that's that. But there was also that moment with I think Greenwood where he did tussle with him mm. and then Greenwood obviously went down and as Maitland-Niles kicked the ball away he also kind of kicked Greenwood in the head and I thought well I think it's difficult because I think after moments people get an opinion of that one moment in their head and then think that he's probably played all six minutes like like that yeah sluggishly but because there's such a small sample size there's only like a few moments to pick from Whereas I think if you see him in a 60, 70 minute game, he could probably still be a, a bit ambly and joggy at some points. But just over the vast majority of the minutes isn't. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. I know I'm wording it quite poorly. No, Bradley, I always know what you're trying to say. Always. It's because you know me. And you can know me too if you sign up at patreon.com slash <laughs> Brad! <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I, we'll I saw do, the opportunity yeah. for a gag. I'm yeah, t- like Brad vlogs. Yeah, we'll, we'll add like a whole new section of like Bradley will send you personalized messages, come around to your house for dinner, all sorts this of This isn't stuff. OnlyFans. This is not OnlyFans. Brad, if, would you set up an OnlyFans just to just to support the pod? Mate, there are some fucking absolutely greed, like pure grebs out there like absolute grebos i've had messages before Pornhub's a thing just fuck off to that i've had messages before asking for pictures of my feet no way yeah someone asked and have you heard of findom no 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 so it's it's called financial domination it's something that people are really into and basically you like message them like fuck yeah send me 20 quid and they will and people are into that and they'll send you 20 quid on paypal or something I got I got thirty quid out of someone once and I felt really bad, so I sent it back. <laughs> Are you joking? 
No, I did. I he because he he was trying to get me to he or she or whoever it was was trying to get me to send them a video, and I was like, I was like, well, I'm just gonna see how much they send me before I have to just not do this. Anyway, uh, should go back to the football, Brad. Back to the um, pod. Uh, back to the yeah. Uh, 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 anyways, sign up a Patreon. Uh, so let's do our last question then, Bradders. Uh, who? Uh, no, 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 something wrong. That was a good one earlier. Where does this rank in Arteta's wins in terms of importance? Felt like this was crucial for league momentum. Uh, I'll go first. For me, it uh, ranks just below the FA Cup. That's it. Bradley's done. <laughs> oh no! As in, I thought you wanted to say yours, and then we'd discuss. Um. Yeah. I. Or do you want me to just explain my ethos now? No. Uh, <laughs> um i think a lot of things i don't know i don't know I, I i think it's kind of if we take like those kind of games against if we take the fa cup win the wins over city and liverpool at the tail end of last season as like sort of let's call them hallmark wins or like land not landslide like landmark moments in the kind of arteta reign um, also, I'd probably take that win against United um, when he'd just taken over as, as one of them as well. I'd stick it in that category. I still wouldn't put it over the FA Cup run. I still wouldn't put it over the Community Shield. Um, but I... What is going on? Oh, it's the wind. Um, but I do completely agree that this was absolutely crucial for league momentum. I think had we not won yeah. this... And what was interesting about um, some of Sky's coverage was they were basically saying to... Abamyang, well, does this put a whole new spin? And this asks the same question to Arteta: the whole new spin on on basically the opening seven games. And I think it really does. I think had we lost this game, we're looking at us down with I think it would be nine points. Um, we'd be struggling. We'd be worried, and I think we'd be concerned, despite um, despite having some winnable fixtures ahead we would be looking at the table going with low confidence mm-hmm. and, you know, without perhaps Aubameyang might have, you know, not 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 got that goal and whatever. I wonder where we'd be. You know, we, we'd be down, hang on, I'm just checking the table, we'd be down in 14th. Uh, you know, it's it's concerning. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, uh, 13th, sorry. So, yeah, I think it's a big win. I think it's important. Um but equally, I think with all of these things in football, there's like, you know, if you win, you're on a great great trajectory and everything's fine. And if you lose, you've had a terrible start to the season and Altessa's rubbish and the system's stupid and we haven't got enough creativity and everyone's bad. And, you know, wins like this, not that they paper over cracks, but they kind of skew people's feelings and thoughts about these, this sort of stuff. I think it's just best best to kind of go, okay, good game. We did that. I'm positive. Um, and it's crucial for league momentum, but equally, I'm not going to get too carried away with it, even though I have spent this entire episode celebrating. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think for me, though, uh, the FA Cup's the most important because it got us into Europe. And I think this is more important than the Community Shield because I think that the Community Shield doesn't really give us anything. I mean, obviously, it gives us the chance to say, oh, we won a trophy, but 
we'd already got the FA Cup and, you know, it doesn't beat the FA Cup having the Community Shield. So I don't think it gives us anything in that sense. But for me, I just think that if we lose or draw this game, we're looking at 10 points or even nine points from our first six, seven games. Is it six or seven? We played six or seven? Uh, Seven. Seven. So you're looking about what? Is it nine points from 18? Uh, it would have been, yes. No, nine points from 21. 21, nine yeah, points. 21. If we'd have lost today, yeah. it would have been nine points from yeah. 21. So if you're looking at nine points from a possible 21 and the first opening seven games of a season, even though we've played some strong opposition, that's not good. No. It's worrying. It's not good for confidence. And after losing the Leicester game, which we should have won, there is no excuse for why we didn't win that match. Leicester were a shadow of themselves and we should have put them to the sword. It was vital that we got back on track, you know, because you can write off a loss to City and you can write off a loss to Liverpool. Whether we should have lost or whether we should have won, you can write them off because they're tough, tough fixtures. Hmm. This was way more important for me than the Community Shield because I could easily see us losing this game, the heads drop, and then we just continue on a mediocre kind of winning every, like winning a game, losing a game, winning a game, losing a game, and never really hitting a run of form. This, I think, just gives the squad such confidence that we can dominate a side that's got such excellent players in it mm. that we, it, I think it just gives us more moving forward. I think this, this gives us more momentum than a penalties win against community. And I think, yeah, this... This kind of, I know, because I've seen a few people who were saying about like Arteta out being like the new Emery. And while I understand because we're having to play a defensive style of football at the moment, the kind of comparisons with Emery, the difference is, is we're actually structured defensively. We're not conceding that many shots. And I think this just shows the Arteta doubters that we will slip up every now and again. We're going to lose one-off games because we don't take our chances and then we get hit on the breakaway and we lose 1-0. But what it shows is that we are willing to fight and in the majority, we will get results. You know, we've got this 1-0. It should have been 1-1 against City. You know, we sh- yes, we if we take our chances against Leicester, we win 3-1, but we don't. So we could be in a very, of course, we could be in a much better situation now. But I think that this is this this is almost like the springboard that we needed moving forward. If we lose this game, we could go into a tailspin. Whereas I think this game gives us such a jump. You know, we've just broken the duck of not winning away to a top six side. We've just broken the 14 year hoodoo of not winning at Old Trafford. There is so much positivity now in this club that I think that if and we dominated the game. Exactly. And I think if we win this game and then lose at home to Leicester the game after, People aren't as bothered about Leicester, but I think because of the way around, and obviously this just became a much, um, like a much, much more important fixture. It became a must-win fixture. It gives us that springboard to to move forward and to kind of catapult us into ascendance. Completely agree. Uh, one last thing, I remembered I hadn't had a little rant earlier about um, analysis. Right? If I hear one more Sky Sports commentator say X team lacked leaders. And then just riff off that as their entire analysis oh, fuck of a off. game. Fuck off. Fuck off. Roy Keane, they lack leaders. Jamie, Car- Jamie Redknapp, they lack leaders. It, it, it's, it's the same shit. You could go back to Sky Sports videos from three years ago, and it's the same shit three years ago 
five years ago, ten years ago. They're just saying, well, they lack leaders. But that can't be the... Why did they lose? What was it that about their play that meant they lost? Was it that they were making too many mistakes? Were they not challenging for the second balls? Were they not getting wide? What was it? Jamie Redknapp is such a wet wipe. It's Why is incredible. he a pundit? It's incredible. Um, yeah, it was just a random thing I remembered that I forgot to say. Um, I completely agree with you on that one, mate. Um, but I have just seen Ray Parlett is doing Peroni bombs in his hometown uh, celebrating the Arsenal win. So I think that's our cue uh, <laughs> to, to call it a night. <laughs> well, thanks, Alex. It's been a good one. <sighs> As always, my friend. It's been a pleasure as always, Bradley Adams. Um, yes, and I'll see you and the listeners. We won't see you. We'll hear you. You'll hear us. You could see us if you wanted to. If you Brad. went to com <laughs> slash. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. All right, Brad, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Right, <laughs> Cheers, team. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you did enjoy that and want to hear some more, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using for a new podcast every Monday and Thursday. If you want to support the show and get access to exclusive content, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DiffKnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.